Oh, yeah. I forgot that Whitney Houston put an album. Oh, Heartbreak Hotel, of course. Yep. Yep. It's just a heartbreak. Yep. <laughs> she was in there, Bankhead bouncing. Kelly Price had the, the big girl uh, cape. Oh, don't, don't, don't do that to Kelly Price. That's how they used to do them back then. I know. If they put them in the video at all. If they put them in the video at all. Could have pulled an LL Cool J. Yeah, could have pulled a black box. Black box. Um, you've heard the song. Um, was it called like "Start Me Up" or something like that? But it, it was those videos like in the early nineties. Oh, the like, Jock Jam, like the like the Jock Jam yes. records. Yes, because those were all Martha Wash, and Martha Wash is a, a larger woman who sings gospel music. Right. They wouldn't put her in the video. They was paying her not to put it in, and they found out. I think CNC Music Factory did it too. Yeah, the, the, they'll pay you for the cultural appropriation, but they're not going to give you the love. I'm not at all. <laughs> Why would they do something like that? You crazy. Right, 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 right. How dare they? How dare they? You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. This week's episode is split into two sides. This is Side A. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I'm your co-host, Armand Wake Up. You can follow me on social media at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up, all one word. More important than that, please follow the official Clock Radio Speakers Twitter handle, which is at CRS Podcast. Vote, rate, comment, because we are on iTunes. The more votes, the more comments that we get, uh, the more visibility. It's a good word that the, the show gets, and we appreciate all of you who have done so, so far. ClockRadioSpeakers.com is powered by Tumblr. All of our previous episodes are there, as well as anywhere else that you get podcasts except for SoundCloud because they are trash. And we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, both at ClockRadio, or CRS Podcast, and then Facebook is, is uh, Facebook.com slash ClockRadioSpeakers. But you guys know the routine. Doc, what's going on? Well, you know, I've recovered from a very sad Super Bowl. It's a tiny violin. Tiny violin. You know, you can't win them all. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm going to say. No, but yeah, we'll get there. It's like, uh, I'm good, though. Uh, everybody can follow me if they want on Twitter at Doc underscore Beats. That's not a Z, but like Armand said, just follow the show. Um, no, you know, Super Bowl. Um, you know, uh, shout out to the Philly fans. Like, Philly has not won a championship of any kind in a long time. The Eagles have never won a Super Bowl, so, you know, they're, they're long overdue. Congrats to them. Here's an interesting phenomenon, and, and I, you know, you as someone who does not like the Patriots, I'd like to hear your take on this, right? So, I'm sitting there at a Super Bowl party with uh, some Buffalo Bills fans mm-hmm. who rivals the Patriots, um, don't like the Patriots, and it's, I fully expect them to root for the Eagles, but, like, there was a tremendous amount of trash talking and acting like they had been Eagle fans for like 15 years going on. And I'm just sitting there and, I, and you know, I wanted to just be like, listen, you root for the Bills. All right. Just just relax. Is that is that fair? Or should I just say, you know what? Like everybody hates the Patriots and that's just the way it is. Everybody hates the Patriots and that's just the way it is. Yeah, man. They became the became the Yankees. Yep. And Golden State is on their way to being that in the, in the NBA. Hmm. Yep. Yep. It is just the way it is. All right. Then I just got to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, it was a great game. Really exciting. Um, You know, uh, like I said, like it's, it's really weird. Like, you know, when the Pats lost to the Giants, those, those two times, like 
man, I was mad. But like this time it was like, I was, I was disappointed, but I was like, eh, cause I, you know, <laughs> the Patriots let, let the Eagles score whenever they wanted. So I was like, I don't know, like this, yeah. this game is like, I mean, I don't know. We were in the third quarter and I was sitting there looking at the person next to me. I was like, I think this game's going to be like first team to 40 wins, you know? And that's pretty much yeah. what happened. You know, I was like, all right, well, I don't know. Plus like I, as a sports fan, like I have very little to complain about for the past, like uh, 20 years of my life. Right. Uh, I'm a Red Sox fan. I'm a Patriots fan. And I'm a Jesus. UConn fan. Jesus. Like, what, why do we do this show? Like in, two, <laughs> in 2004 alone, like there was this, there was a 12 month time period where the Pats won, the Red Sox won and the men's and women's UConn basketball team all won. It was undefeated for like six years. Well, that, that too. But like I mean, the UConn's women's basketball team, I mean, like this decade have won four titles in a row. Like I, I have so little to complain about. Right. So I, I really just looked at it and I was like, you know what? I was like, man, like, okay. Like, you know, hopefully they come back next year. Like it was really weird place. To, it's a really like privileged, but weird place to be as a sports fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. Did you watch Super Bowl? Like the last five minutes. I mean, you caught some exciting stuff then. Yeah. yeah. Um, last five minutes were cool. Um, like I said, I, I've been off of football since Spygate and then it's just kind of, it's like, okay, cool. Like, I wasn't. Here's my more important question, though. Mm-hmm. So, does this happen in New England? What happened in Philly? Does this happen in New England when you guys win, or Connecticut when you guys win? Like, so uh, when? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, when does destroying a city? I don't want to say destroy because that might be a harsh word, but turning over cars, jumping off of high high places. Yeah. I saw a gas station got looted, setting mm-hmm. stuff on fire. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I ever want to do that when I'm excited or happy. Like, I don't know. Explain yeah. Okay. So th- I actually have an interesting sort of insight into this a little bit. Right. So like part of it. Oh, right, comes- yeah, dude. Well, UConn. right. So UConn, right. I mean, I was, I was at school. Like I was a senior, my senior year, the men and the women both won. Mm-hmm. And even then, which was pretty early on into like the women's basketball team's dominance, like even then people were kind of like, it was kind of funny, right? So the first night was when the men won and that was UConn's second title in like five years, which is incredible. And like, what else you get, you know, what, what more could you ask for? But even still, you know, you just sort of knew that there was going to be a right, like, it's this weird, like cultural expectation where it's like, it's such, a, it's such privilege, right? Where it's like, I'm a college student. My team won the title. I'm going to go set some stuff on fire. Right. It's this weird, like, I mean, I don't think it's that dissimilar from it's like, I don't know. Why do people like when they when they get like really drunk and go party? Why do they do stupid stuff? It's like there's there's like an innate destructive, like but celebratory tendency in us sometimes. Right. But for the women's team. So the women's championship game was the night after. And like it was really funny because like night before, like there was a full on like riot, basically. And, you know, they had to, you know, bring in like police helicopters and all sorts of stuff like that. and the next night was when the women won and it was just kind of like like people were like kind of interested in rioting but not it was like really half-hearted like you could tell that their heart wasn't really in it (laughs) yeah yeah they were like man we'll set a couple dumpsters on fire (laughs) right Right. it it wasn't nearly as big um what's funny though is that night (laughs) my uh uh, my my brother came flew out to uh connecticut to look at yukon as like a school because he was a high school senior Uh uh-huh and uh, and so I'm um, like, I, we had to park on campus. I borrowed a friend's car, pick him up at the airport, bring him back. He's because he was he was gonna just crash in my dorm. And we're walking through, and 
I was so unfazed by it because the night before, like campus was a riot, literally. And so we're sitting there walking past like dumpsters on fire and it's not even phasing me. And he's just like, is this what college is always like? And I was just like, no, this no. is a half-hearted riot. But now what happens, like, because the women have won, what, like nine titles or whatever it is now? Like, Gino's won a ridiculous number of titles. Like, you know, they don't riot for the women anymore, right? Like, they're just mm. like, it's almost like kind of like, oh, wow, we didn't win a title. Like, it's such privilege. It's ridiculous. Okay. So it's, I, it's, privileged, I, it's privileged more than like, uh, what's the I'm looking for? No, it, it's, it's, it's privileged. But what, I, what it really is, it's like, you know what? Like, you kind of like, you can't riot every year. Like eventually, right. you know, you have to have some amount of distance. It has to mean something. Right. Right. And like, I think that was also like, from what I, from what I heard of the game and what I heard from people who were there, like there were many more Eagles fans at this game than there were Pats fans. It sounded like it. And it's not that there necessarily are that many more Eagles fans than Pats fans in the world. It's that if you're an Eagles fan, like this is your one, th- you know, it's been, it's been more, it's been what, 15 years since they were, or something like that, you know, like 10, 15 years since they were in the title, uh, since they were in the Super Bowl. Like, this is, uh, this might be their once in a generation shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, if you're an Eagles fan, like, you got to be there. Whereas a Pats fan, it's like, well, we were there last year. We were there a couple years before that. We might be there. And, like, you know, you just expect so you don't treat it like it's the precious thing that it is. Yeah. Right? Golden State, if they keep winning, they'll get there too. Right? Like, it's a little different because, like, you have home court and whatever else, but, like, you know, like if Golden State wins this year, you think you think Oakland's going to riot? Nah. nah, it'll probably be like a real calm parade. <laughs> but like if oh, I'm trying to think who has a realistic shot at upsetting them, like let's say Houston gets ridiculously hot in the Western Conference finals and it's just hitting 53s a game, you know, or attempting Houston. 53s a game. You know what I mean? Like whatever ridiculous number it is like Houston. I mean, it's been a while since they won a title, right? Their fans would feel totally different about it. Right. I don't know. It's true. I agree. So uh, you only watched the last five minutes, so you didn't catch uh, uh, Timberlake's halftime show then? I ended up catching it on um, on YouTube, and I think that my experience, and because of that, I believe that my experience was different than so, everybody else and most people watching it live. So so talk to me. Why do you think that? What what, what was your experience like watching it on YouTube? Um, I didn't hate it the way everybody else did. Mm. Um, here, here's the problem. Okay. We're going to talk about this Justin Timberlake album, but I'm going to kind of do a spoiler alert based <laughs> off of some things that I'm hearing other people say, but I think it's affecting this halftime show and generally how we listen to music. But we talk about this at length on CRS, and I just have to reiterate it because this is another example. You have to go back and experience things void of your expectations. So I've been hearing people say that they were upset about Justin's album because you know, this was a good time for him to speak about so many different issues and he could have done this and he could have did that. So then in turn, they didn't like the album. Oh, they but wanted woke Justin. They wanted woke Justin. Oh man, that is not and at all what he was trying to do. At all. And Justin's nothing, nothing in Justin's career, because we're going we're gonna to do a definitive 15. Nothing in his career says woke. No, this what? album is much closer to "Yes, Sir, I Stand for the National Anthem" than it is with Justin. <laughs> this is definitely like a MAGA Timberlake. <laughs> we're, we're, oh, we are talking about the politics of this. Absolutely, we're talking about so, that. So, like, but what you have to do with stuff, and you know, I, I've I've championed this at length for this show. Is like sometimes we need to go back and we need to like listen to stuff 
that we reviewed a year ago or two years ago or even five years ago, just to listen to it retrospectively, no pun intended, um, because things sound different. Things play out differently. You, in many cases, you forget what your expectations are and then you're able to appreciate it for what it is or to just say this is not for me or to say this is trash. And so I think that everybody's expectation between the the Prince tribute leaking along with the, the hologram and then the Justin and Prince didn't like each other and then with the NFL having the black eye for, and that's putting it nicely, the black eye that it has right now, the fa- also the fact that Beyonce and Bruno Mars d- did so well, previous Super Bowls, like there's a lot of expectation versus, and not to mention before Beyonce and Bruno Mars, I'm trying to think who was the first like pop act that they did because after Justin, and remember, Justin still kind of, Justin didn't have the black eye, but him doing the Super Bowl again reminded people that he had a black eye for for the whole Janitips incident. And so you've got all these different factors. I want to know who was the first artist. I'm pulling up the list artist, right now. What urban artist that they did after, because after Justin happened, they went super safe for a couple of years. They had like Tom Petty and Kiss. So Justin was, let's see if I can remember. That's got to be 02. No, oh. it was, uh, it was 04. 04, okay. Right. Uh, so far? Yeah. Oh. Cause oh my God. Listen listen to the set list. Are you ready for the set list? Okay. Uh you get Janet Jackson all for you. Okay. Okay, we're starting off there. You get uh Diddy Bad Boy for Life. Really? Then you get Diddy doing D I D D Y to the tune of Mickey. Like, hey Mickey, you're so fine. I wish I wish I was uh, joking. I need video of that. Then you get Nelly hot in here. Yeah. Then Diddy, more money, more problems. Then Kid Rock. This show is a mess. Oh, that was when they had like twelve different people, right? Yeah. Right, and right. then you come back around to Janet, and then it's a, and then Justin and Janet close with Rock Your Body. So after, right? So after that one with you know with the nipple gate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get um, <laughs> you go Paul McCartney. Yep. Then the Rolling Stones. Yep. Then Prince. Yep. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Okay. Bruce Springsteen. Wow. The Who. Wow. And then in 2011, you get another one of these combo things where it's the Black Eyed Peas with like, but Usher like pops up and does a record and then Slash comes in and plays guitar. I remember that. And then, oh man, the one after was like Madonna and like 80 people. Like was, she, that, was that Nicki Minaj too? Yeah, Nicki and CeeLo and LMFAO and MIA. LMFAO is hilarious. <laughs> LMFAO. Yeah, then Beyonce, then Bruno and Red Hot Chili Peppers, Katy Perry, Coldplay, who then brought out Beyonce for Formation. Mm. Yeah, that Coldplay one was kind of weird. Lady Gaga and Justin Timberlake, yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's, they're still trying to figure that out, clearly. <laughs> My my question is, when does... Well, I'll tell you my opinion in a second, but like, man, we got to get Kanye to do... Kanye is so tailor-made for the Super Bowl halftime show. You know what? I think that they have such a black eye on them because of Kaepernick now, particularly particularly the Kaepernick black eye. I don't think any rappers will do the show. You don't think so? Mm-mm. Nope. You, 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 I mean, I don't think they would trust Kanye because I'm pretty sure they would, they would be like, we're going to need... We're going to need to sign off on that set list. He's going to take five minutes to rant. <laughs> <laughs> as every as every white person in uh in the country over the age of 45 just sits there and goes what what's going on right now yeah 
Um, no, I could just see him trying to be like, yeah, I'm going to do blood on the leaves. <laughs> He's tall. That's what I'm saying. Like Kanye now, like we, when Kanye was stadium Kanye, he could have did the Super Bowl. Yeah. Watch the throne era. Kanye actually would actually watch the throne as a, as a Super Bowl act would have been. Would have been fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking more graduation. No, but I'm just saying, if you do watch the Throne oh. Era, then it's it's Jay and Kanye sharing the bill, right? They can do graduation stuff. They can do the bigger Jay records. They could do. Um, I, I was just trying to imagine it gets this real halftime show. They do Ball So Hard, which would crack me up. <laughs> Love that record. I know. I'm just yeah. Anyway, um, all right. So. The I, I mean, this won't surprise you at all. My problems with Justin uh, were more, more like technical choices that he made. Like the mix was super low. Did, did it sound this way on the when you watched it on YouTube? Because watching it live, there were times where I was like, is he singing right now? I assume that most, when most people do the Super Bowl, they lip sync. The problem is I don't think he was lip syncing. Or if it was, it was. I don't know. Like his the voc- the volume on the vocals was really strange. Um, I don't know. Like opening with filthy, like the whole like staging of it where it's like we're gonna open in this like weird club and then we're gonna come out and do it. I don't know. Um I'm not I don't love like the um the medley sort of aspect to some of these halftime shows that it has become, right? It's not like I'm gonna do a five song awesome set, right? Now it's like we're going to play like eight songs and you're going to get like, it's like, it, it feels like I'm in the car and I don't know what I want to listen to. And I just keep like jumping on around on this playlist. Like that's what these feel like. Do you know what I mean? It's when you search for an artist on a streaming service and they pull up their top songs. They put, yeah, you're, 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 you're listening that. to that Apple music, like Justin Timberlake essentials playlist essentials. and yep. you're just, and you're just churning through. Um, yeah. you know, I don't know. Like I don't love mirrors. It's cool. I don't either. I don't love. I don't, can't, I don't like. Can't stop the feeling. I, I I was laughing over the fact that he. I mean, not laughing, but I was like, really? He played until the end of time. Really? That that actually got me excited because that's one of my favorite Justin records. And oh, then that's that, to know that that. What do you mean? That's interesting. It's a great record. It's not a good. And then yes, it is. And then for <laughs> it to go into the Prince tribute, I swear I was about to tweet like. I don't know what you guys are upset about or fake outraged about. This Justin halftime show isn't as bad as you guys are making it seem. And then the Prince tri- tribute happened, and I was like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> I saw it in my pocket. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Also, well, yeah, like you know, you know what? I didn't really need like I don't know. I felt like they were like they were both playing like the actual beat to cry me river, but then he had the band like playing over the top of it. I don't know. I was just listening. I was like, this isn't really for me. It's fine. I think the, I think the people not being into it. And I think how that ties in that with how people feel about the album is like, people still kind of think that Justin Timberlake is like 30 years old. They haven't quite recognized that Justin Timberlake is going to make dad records now. Okay, so here here's a here's a good parallel. So my my mother, the last time my mother saw me was in two thousand and four, right before I got on a plane to go to basic training. Yeah. Um while I was in basic, my parents got divorced. There's a huge fallout within our media family. And I didn't speak to my mother until two thousand and eleven. Mm. Even after that, even to this day, my mother and I aren't super close. And when she does talk to me, she still talks to me like I'm still living in her house. I'm still like 13 versus my father. My father and I are super close. We talk all the time. And like he's seen me grow from essentially a boy to a man. 
So I think that with Justin, because there's that separation of time we talked about last week where Future Sex came out in 2006, seven, and then um, 2020 came out in 20, what would we say, 14, 15? Yeah, 2014. That seven year break is when Justin became dad and husband and we missed a lot. And so there was never that gradual growth that we'll see with most people, because maybe if you put out two albums since then, it's like listening to Blueprint 3 in retrospect, because then you can hear what was going to be Watch the Throne. Mm. Instead of jumping straight from 808s to Watch the Throne, you're like, ooh, like that's, that's a hard left turn versus Blueprint 3 and some of the other records, um, even um, Dark Twisted Fantasy, like that turn is gradual. So you hear where Kanye is going sonically. I think that's what happened with Justin. I think that's why we think he's still 30 because number one, he still looks 30. He just has a beard or he just has a beard and he doesn't have <laughs> blonde tips at the end of his hair. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I think those, those the late nineties were really in early two thousands were just a really, really difficult time for haircuts and fashion fashion was really really bad and i i guarantee jinkos will make a comeback in the next 12 months i mm. guarantee you you can clock stradamus that one buka jeans are, are going to come back they're already back right and and every uh every guy who uh who's like in his late 30s who still has the buka jeans in his closet is really <laughs> excited by that i was gonna say like yo whoever still actively shops at jc penny is about to be hype in the next six to eight months <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else about the halftime show. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was fine. I mean, I also think like it's really interesting, like the like really like if you were a Justin Timberlake, like a big Justin Timberlake fan based off his first two albums, I feel like there's a certain percentage of that, especially if you are predominantly a hip hop or R&B fan. You really just sort of like forgot or willfully ignored like the Trolls record, like that whole soundtrack. Like you just pretend like that didn't even exist. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like we were trying to figure out what he was going to close with, which is the dumbest thing ever, because obviously like, it's like, oh, right. Can't stop. the <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I got nothing else to say about the halftime show. I think, um, I don't know. I got, I got more stuff to say about Timberlake and the album than where we're at culturally. But I mean, are we, are we ready to talk about the album? Are we going right into it? Is there anything else you want to talk about this week? Um... You got anything you need to like let the good people know about maybe? Uh, we shot a video for The Worth on Saturday. I edited it on Sunday after church. It's really dope. Um, my goal was to put it out today, but I'm really tired um, going from work to class to doing this podcast. Um, I'm on fumes right now, so we'll probably put it out later this week, maybe Thursday. Um, pre-order really, really soon album coming really really soon if you follow me on ig stories you kind of saw if you can if you put two and two together i teased the re the release date um on my ig stories uh over the weekend so yeah we working okay we working but yeah let's let's jump in let's i'm gonna let you jump into the album because i really only have one thing to say that's different from last week so last week we gave our initial thoughts um yeah and i i kind of want to talk track by track okay um, but I also have some like bigger picture stuff and I'm trying to figure out, I almost want to talk about, well, let's, let's sort of, let's jump track by track. Cause I think it's kind of interesting. The bigger I, picture just popped in my head. And and I just have questions and I, I'm, sure. I'm curious how you felt about it as we go. And like, and 
And so right, we're, we're talking about Justin's album, Men of the Woods. Um, for those of you who are not big in the Timberlake and you're like, he has an album out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men of the Woods. Um, so the first single, the fact that it's up front, it gives me a really good opportunity to talk about Filthy because the more I listen to this album prepping for the show, um, the more confused I get by Filthy. Okay. Right? My first, when I first saw this, when I first heard the single, I was like, oh, they're kind of reaching back to the future sex love sounds. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that's, that, that's what they're going for. Um, and then you see the, and you, you see the video and you're like, okay, it's not like a, a great video, but whatever. Um, filthy actually ended up doing pretty well. Like it made it, the, made it to the top 10, which is amazing as did say something already. Um, I can't wait to see what, what JT's first week numbers will be. We don't really know yet. Um, I, I will only assume he's debuting at number one. I think that's a safe assumption. It would be a massive like disaster if he didn't. Right. Um, and but filthy, like, so uh, Danger did a, a big article with, uh, uh, had a had a thing with Complex, and there have been people who've like been doing interviews about the album and everything. And the, the way that Timbo and, and, and Dangerous are sort of pitching filthy as they talk to the public about this is like it's meant to be this like palate cleanser before you get to the rest of the album, which I guess is one way of putting mm. it because like filthy doesn't sound at all like the rest of this album at all. It is completely out of place, both in terms of how it sounds, but also in terms of the content, right? Like by the end of this album, he is like <coughs> singing a song to his son. Right. And most of this all over this album, you hear him talk about his like his relationship with his wife. Yeah. And Filthy could have been written by 25-year-old Justin Timberlake. Absolutely. But I feel like that plays into the point that you made earlier. We don't recognize that he's older. That's a sharp turn to go from filthy to young man. That's a sharp turn to go from filthy to midnight summer jam is a sharp turn. Not really. You don't think so? No, because Justin, one thing I learned doing our definitive 15 is I think I'm a bigger fan of ballad Justin than dance Justin. That's interesting. Though Midsummer Night's Dream, that's just what I'm going to call it now. (laughs) Um, That record did grow on me this week. It's it's a really good it's a really good record. It's going to sound better in about two months. Mm. Um, yeah, I, that that wasn't a sharp left turn to me because I feel like I've heard that record before. Him and him and Pharrell on a faster tempo. You will talk about Midnight Summer Jam in a sec, definitely. Um, but like Filthy is so weird to me still. Like, why is that the single? I think because it feels like Sexy Back. Mm. It well, well, yeah. I, I can't wait to talk about the title track because I finally watched the video to the t- to the title track and that really made a lot of this album click to me. Not like I love it or anything but it made the concept i i have a lot to say about that but like i don't know filthy it if filthy is like a blow away amazing song then i guess i get it but like it really feels i don't know the more i i I think about it it's just so out of place with this album um but i don't know like has phil or do you still feel the same way about filthy which is meh it's fine yeah i mean i don't i don't hate it it's not a song that i go to yeah. But if I if I let the album play, I'm not mad at it. There's think, definitely songs on this album that I'm mad at when I hear them all the way through, and Filthy's not one of them. I think I, looking at if you look at the credits for Filthy, it's the only uh, song on the album that has uh, writing credits, uh, a writing credit from Fauntleroy, who mm. who co-wrote 2020. And I almost wonder, like, I don't know, was has Filthy been sort of kicking around in one form or another for a while? I don't know. Um. Could be, yeah, it could be. That doesn't. That wouldn't surprise me if that's a record from 2020 or even um, Future Sex. And then they just like brought it back and have they like? It's been one of those things where it's like every so often because you. I mean, you know this. Like there are records you come back to and you're like, okay, now I'm gonna finish it. Yeah, Doc, Doc usually 
when Doc and I do records, very rarely is it I made this beat and then I immediately write to it. That happens, but what often happens is is they sit and collect dust in Dropbox, <laughs> and then I go back and listen to them like in in maybe like every three months, and I'm like, oh my god, what is this? <laughs> and then I and then I write to it or a record like the intro to the album um, right, where we had something and then we totally redid it, and then I yep. flew out to Columbus for the canceled Bad Boy concert. Trash. And then we we basically fit we we created the second half of that song like yep. during that session. Yeah, we redid the whole song, which which was great. I'm super proud of that record. Right. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Filthy was one of those records that they just kept coming back to because it sounds like a Future Sex record. And I have, an, I have a hot take on Future Sex, but I'll wait till we get oh, there. Oh, man, I got a hot take on Justin's whole career. Um, let's go to... let's. So Midnight Summer Jam, like, I, I finally figured out exactly what the song is. It's, okay. it, it's just... Um, it's it's like one half Bubba Sparks Deliverance and one half uh, Blurred Lines. It's the Blurred Lines drums. It even has the descending bass line. The boom boom boom. It's just a little different, but like <laughs> it's the same. It's so it's like totally. It's Blurred Lines with 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 like some some twang and a, a slightly different tempo. But it's like it's the same thing, which is fine. I mean, it's it's right out of Pharrell's wheelhouse, right? Um, I think I, I still think this is a really strong song. It's not my it's I, I think there is a like to me, there's like a there is one song on here that is just absolutely the best song on this album. And then there's like this next tier of records that I think are like are good to pretty good. And I think this is a pretty good record. And I still maintain this would have been a really interesting first single because it like totally encapsulates the concept that him and Pharrell are really going for to me right it's like yeah it's a danceable justin record oh but look we're doing a couple things right like justin's using the migos flow at times right but then he's also like we, we're bringing in the harmonica breakdown right it's a little uh it's a little rosa parks going on in here right there's like all sorts of stuff happening here yeah. i don't know how do you feel? so you're, you're you f- you like midnight summer jam more now yeah yeah midnight summer dream is cool midnight summer jam. It's cool. It's cool. I, like I don't, I don't, I don't love it. Don't my love favorite it. song, my favorite song on the album is still my favorite song on the album. Oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, that one, that was one of the ones I was like, all right, I get it. I heard it. Here's what I did, Doc. Yeah. So Friday, um, I played the album in the office where I work with, you know, with my coworkers, mm-hmm. two white women and a white guy. It was. <laughs> did you, it did was you just, play it out loud? Yeah, I played it loud. They asked me to play it. Uh huh. And hearing it. And I'm not even saying hearing it around white people is different. That's okay. That's, you can say that. That's kind of racist. But hearing it in a different environment with people who listen to music differently than you made me hear the album different. Mm. That, that I'll say. And that, that is a good thing about Clock Radio Speakers is, is that I'm able to step out of this bubble and just listen to it casually and take in what other people take out of uh the music because they're not listening to it the way you and I listen to it. And thank God, like we need less, <laughs> we need less of us. So, <laughs> but yeah, and that kind of made it just, it, that made it like sting less. For mm, me. Mm. I'll say that. Well, speaking of songs that sting sauce boy. So this is uh Timbo danger on the beat. Um, mm, I do not like the song at all. I have. Yeah. yeah no, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Same for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think Man of the Woods, I don't think Man of the Woods is a fascinating song to me because I think as much as I said Mid- Midnight Summer Jam is like 
here's the here's the album i think midnight summer jam is like the album is like that's the way that i would try to sell the album Hmm. but man of the woods is the album Mm -hmm. because it's so earnest Mm-hmm. To the point that I see it as corny, but like there's a number of Timberlake fans who will not see it that way, right? If you watch the video, it makes it so super clear because it's almost like it's not quite Wes Anderson ish. That's not what I mean, but it is like very like it is really just like, hey, here's this Americana plus 808s sort of thing that we that, that we sort of talked about. And the thing that drives me crazy, Man of the Woods encapsulates one of the things that drives me crazy about this album, which is like this thing that we kind of do now. We're like, we have this like cultural, like signaling that we do that some people that uh, some of us, maybe all of us do. Right. Where it's like here it's it, he's like, no, 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 I'm not some rich out of touch Hollywood elite. He's a man who who's of the woods and he is proud of his wife. And it's like, it is the same sort of like cultural sig- signaling that happens when like a, um, a, a wealthy politician like adopts like the Southern twang and like goes to the NASCAR race or like goes to like the state fair and like rolls the sleeves up to look like they fit in. Mm-hmm. There's a thing that we do in America now that, that w- I will be very specific that I, and I'll speak about it cause I'm white, that white that some white people do in America where it's like in order to appear like one of the common folk, right? That you aren't some elite out of touch person. Now you adopt these cultural signifiers, right? And I, I'm not, Yes, I'm going to talk about politics. I'm not saying that this is you, you called it MAGA Timberlake, which is kind of funny, but it's like it's the same thing that like Trump does this to an incredible extent, right? Like, you know, Trump is a Trump is the definition of like an out of touch elite. Like the man lives in a bubble like he's he was right, born, raised, spent almost his entire life in New, York, in New York City. You know what I mean? Like he is the definition of that. But like he adopts these like cultural touchstones that like we have decided indicate certain things about you right like so you know he has adopted like this love of the military as like the signifier of hey i'm a true american etc and like man (laughs) woods is like you know it is it's just like justin's like well i got the flannel shirt on and i'm talking about how uh, he's being really earnest about how he's proud of his wife and you know and it's got it's got this like flow to it it's like and i'm using guitars and it's americana and da 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 and i'm just like i'm not here for any of that and I recognize that it's so super cynical and I get that. But like there is a level of earnestness in this album that just makes me profoundly uncomfortable. And I don't know what to do with that because so, like that is not that is I, like that level of earnestness was really nowhere. Like where where was that in Justin Timberlake's catalog forever? And maybe that's really the guy that he is or is now. But like you said about like we didn't get that journey that this the level of earnestness and like lack of almost like self-awareness of how like some of this is perceived. Like it's a lack of, of, it's like, this is just a profoundly uncool song. If that makes sense. (laughs) Uncool song. It's uncool, which is ironic because it's such a contrast to the next song, but like man of the woods, is just like, I don't know. And when you watch the video, it makes it so freaking clear. There's like, there's barn dancing. There's like dancing in a barn that happens in that video. So, Basically, you're not here for real American Justin Timberlake. So you're not here for Justin Timberlake in the red and the yellow. You're not here for say your prayers and take your vitamins. 24 inch python Justin Timberlake. I'm really not. Like he's he's trying to hacksaw Jim Duggan this, and I'm just like no hacksaw Jim. Duggan. Also, he's wearing he wears the bandana around his neck like he's a like he's a golden retriever. When did that start? What is that? Those are what men of the woods wear. Stop it. <laughs> 
Oh mm-hmm. man, what, what, wasn't he? Uh, wasn't he suit and tie Justin Timberlake? Wasn't he Tunnel Vision Justin Timberlake? And now it's like I'm. Well, wait till we get to some of these records like later on. But yeah, it's like just really? wait, just, just wait. But I'm wait. saying so. I, I want to be upfront. Like I feel like there is like it's not cultural pre- appropriation necessarily. It's like a cultural tourism, right? Yeah. So like we we do this as a cult as, as a society now, where it's like I'm going to a music festival. I need to I need to get my festival outfit on, right? And so like Justin has musically put on his real American outfit. Yes. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> I'm not here for it. A real American. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, I don't have anything to say. Sorry. I, just want, I got a lot I of bars Justin off to, on that. But I want Justin to come out and like Oh, if he came out the Super Bowl and like ripped his shirt open and like pointed to the crowd or did the ear thing with the crowd, that would have been great. I mean, what? what why? He he really just you know like it wouldn't have been appropriate for the halftime show, but like when he do, when he does the when he does the Man of the Woods tour, like you know just just put some American flags on stage, you know, just go all the way. Right. <laughs> oh, can we talk about higher, higher? Sure, go ahead. My God, I still, see the the contrast between Man of the Woods and Higher Higher is so I just. Man of the Wood, like higher, higher, like Justin and, Ter- and Pharrell are out here making, you know, late seventies BG's cocaine records, and I love every second of it. The song is perfect; it's amazing. It if I would, it, it's too like if I were if we were doing a definitive fifteen, it, you know, a year from now, and I felt more confident about this. I this is this is a top fifteen Justin Timberlake record. I think Higher Higher is incredible, and I I think it's really? by, I think it's by far the best song on the album, and it is not even close. Oh wait, hold on, let me hear this record. Oh, <laughs> oh I know what this is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think I want to like this song more than I actually do. Oh wow! Yeah, like it's just—I don't know what it is about the record. It, I like—I want to love it because it has everything in it that I want in a Justin Timberlake and Pharrell song. But it's yeah. just—I don't know why it's not hitting for me. I'm not sure yet. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah, higher, higher again. Uh, you know, this is, uh, and I should say we're saying Pharrell, but like I want to be clear. Unlike the so when we did the NERD album review last year, um, we talked about how eh, it says the NERD, but it's mostly Pharrell. All of these Neptune's records are all equally credited to Chad and Pharrell, mm-hmm. which I mean, that's great. I think that's awesome. They're working together. It makes it really weird. Like, okay, so Chad was available for, for the Justin album, but not for the NARD album. I'm very confused by this. <laughs> but, I mean, we, but we all know the NARD album was, it was a Pharrell album. It, it, was, it, it was Pharrell wanted to make a weird album. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I love higher, higher. I think higher, higher is great. I, I, I know it's not going to be a single, it's not that kind of record. It's certainly not that kind. I mean, also higher, higher a little bit. I can, I kind of get how this feel, fits in with the album, but it also almost feels a little out of place. I don't know. Like, I feel like you could put higher, higher on, I don't know. That could come out at any point in Justin's catalog. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I can see what you're saying. Particularly with the with the Neptune's records, because I have a hot take about Justin and Neptune's records when we get to our Defender 15. And so there's this whole run of Neptune's records that we're on right now. Man of the Woods, Higher Higher, Wave, also a Neptune's record. Um, yep. This sounds like a record from Girl. Mm. A not good record from Girl. I'm not good. I, I, Wave is bad. It's not bad. It's bad. I'm not a fan. Not a fan at all. The thing is, though, he's going to play this live, and people are going to be waving their arms back and forth and smiling, and they're all going to be happy. But no, I'm not in on Wave. Yeah. You, you, you're, you're neither pro or con. It's just kind of there. 
Um, I I liked it when I first heard it, and, I, and then I listened to it again, and I was like, okay, it's cool. Like I'm, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Okay. Um, do you feel any differently about supplies also produced by the Neptunes? Um, I, honestly, I think that it's sequencing helps it out. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, I think like because this, I mean. Yes, there's a theme to this album, but like the sound of this album is really all over the place up front. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like Filthy to Midnight Summer Jam to Sauce to Man of the Woods to Higher Higher to Wave. Like, I mean, on the one hand, like you could be, you could, I mean, maybe I should give Justin credit because there's a lot of stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. I think supplies, um, I know it's really interesting. I, I read a review. It was a, it was a positive review of the album, which, you know, people got their own opinions. And someone talked about how like, they thought it was really like really great that they that like you know um that Justin worked with Pharrell and Chad and and Timbo again instead of you know going out and getting like Metro Boomin or whatever and i thought to myself like so this is an interesting about like as Pharrell has really embraced like a more like a a more modern drum sound if that makes sense mm-hmm. Pharrell's drums are no like when he makes these quasi trap records like He's not on the same level of drum programming when it comes to trap records as like, say, Metro is, right? He's almost like he's not playing in his like in his lane anymore. So like in it, like, honestly, like if they would have take if they would have like had Metro come in and do and do the drums for supplies, I bet you that record would feel even better because I don't really yeah. love that. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where it's like, actually, like that might have been an interesting move. Like that, that'd be a very Kanye move, right? Where it's like, we're going to do this part and then we're going to bring this to the producer. But I don't know. I, I think supplies is, I think, uh, I don't know. It's still the one of the weirdest uh, Neptune's beats I can ever recall. And it, 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 what I mean by that is in that it sounds exactly like a Timbaland beat. Mm-hmm. I still can't figure out supplies. In Richard's, yeah. I don't go ahead. I was going to say, I just, I just wish that Timbaland would have produced that because it sounds like a, it sounds like a Tim beat. So kind why of, not just have Timbaland produce it? Kind of. I think Tim's drums have gotten boring too. That's the secret about Timbo's beats on this album. Hmm. There's no, there's no bounce to his sound anymore. All his drums are very straightforward and straight ahead. Um, <clears throat> It's because uh, danger is not. No, no, danger is all over this album. Well, yeah. he, he's on. Co- Actually, when we get to Definitive Fifteen, we're gonna. There's. I. Uh, I gotta remember to make a point about um, uh, Timbo's uh, history with co-collaborators. I think there's interesting stuff to talk about there. Um, yeah, supplies. Um, I don't know. In retrospect, Filthy and Supplies being the first two singles, still very weird to me. Don't get it. Um, but let's talk about Morning Light. Um, this is the. Uh, we're, we've so we're break. This is a. Uh, Sort of breaking up the uh, Neptune's t- uh, Timbo combo for here for a second. This is uh, produced by uh, uh, Rob Knox and uh, who's this other guy? Uh, that's terrible. I can't think. Uh, anyway, but Rob Knox, um, he uh, he produced some of the bonus tracks that came out after 2020, and he also uh, produces the hard stuff later on. So he's a he's sort of a known uh, Timberlake collaborator. But Morning Light with Alicia Keys. Um, how do you feel about this? Nah. Good. I love the opening to it. Like before the beat comes in, like I don't know what they're doing. I don't think that's a sample. I don't know what's going on, but it sounds great. And then the actual song starts, and I'm like, oh, never mind. Yeah, this is not for me at all. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good for a little while here. Yeah, this gets say something. Look, I'm not a country fan, so like <laughs> that becomes a real problem at times on this album. Um, I think this is a real smart single for him. Actually, this totally makes sense. As like hearing this album, I understand why this is a single. Mm. Um, I uh, actually think that the sound of this beat is like to this song is fine. Um, I'm just 
like I don't really need to. Hear. I think you know for what Chris Stapleton does, like his singing's fine, but like that's not really my thing. Um, and the songs lyrics are so cryptic. Like as I I hear them, and I don't think they mean anything. But you know, sometimes people hear stuff and like, oh, well, what he's really trying to say is X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, no, I just don't literally think he's saying anything on this song. Right. Um, but I get it. I get the sound. I get what they're going for here. Um, yep. you know, then we got the interlude with, um, with Jessica Biel on it. And then we go to flannel, which we talked about, uh, last week real briefly. Cause I had to get my bars off about how this is a really bad song. Um, you didn't like flannel as well. Has your opinion changed on flannel? No. Flannel's pretty bad. Um, is this, so is this the worst Pharrell Timberlake song you've heard that you can remember? Oh, that's Pharrell. This is Pharrell. This is a Neptune's Justin Timberlake song. That makes it worse. Exactly. These oh, next man. four songs are all Neptune's and Pharrell. I'm sorry, Neptune's oh. and uh, Timberlake. Oh, man. F- yeah, Flannel. Yeah, that's Pharrell. It's, it's pretty rough. Wow. Okay. That's why I was real. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, I, I knew that when I got my bars off last week. Nope, did not know. Isn't that funny? You talked about expectations. That's really interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. You hear yeah. it and you're just like, yeah, whatever. Not for me. Not good. I tell you, I tell you that Pharrell had a hand in it, and you're just like, "Oh my god!" Because I, I have an expectation, and we'll, they have a track record, right? Right. Yeah, they have a track record, and I kind of want them to keep up their track record, and at worst, maintain it. But yeah. you know, they don't, and I mean, that's that's okay. They can go out, they can go outside of their their range, but you know, that doesn't mean that I have to like it either. Yeah. Well, I was talking about when I talk about Man in the Woods, I was talking about like that earnestness, boy, flannel, no. I just can't. That might be the that might be the hate of Justin Timberlake's catalog. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's I, have, I hate you because now I have hate in my head. Hater, <laughs> hater, <laughs> hater, hater. Oh man, great. <laughs> right? These there are these records where it's almost like, man, how did they let that out of the studio? Yeah, I don't know. Was there nobody who like tapped him on the shoulder and said, maybe you keep this one back? Or is it one of those things where you know? Because there's such a focus on numbers of tracks where it's like, okay, we have to get to 14 or we have to get to 15. What yeah. did we do during the sessions? Let's just, let's just throw it on there. And minimum people are going to be initially excited about it because it's Jay and Kanye. And if people don't like it, nobody talks about hate. Hey, that, doesn't put, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't put like a dent in the Kanye, Jay-Z, Watch the Throne discography armor. It doesn't bother. We're the only ones who are like, oh, my God, haters so terrible. We are the 1%. We really are. We're the 1%. So listen, I, I, am, I embrace my, my, my heel status as an East Coast liberal elite. Like, just come on over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Let's talk about Montana. No. Okay. Not a fan? No, nah, I'm cool. Montana. So Neptune's and, and Justin. Um, Justin. The, the album... Wow. The album picks up a little bit for a second here. Okay. Because to me, this is just like one of their pseudo disco Daft Punk records. Mm-hmm. Just with a acoustic guitar on it at times. I think this is a, I think this is a good album song. This is an album track. Like if this album, if this were an EP, if I were mm-hmm. cutting this down, this would make the cut and I would be fine with it. Okay. You know what I mean? I need like that. I, need I that. It's weird that it's called Montana because they don't actually say the words Montana until like the very end of the song. Is French on the song? No. Now that would he be funny. Be. He totally should be. He should rap mm-hmm. on that beat. <laughs> he totally should. Montana. 
Anyway. So we go from Montana to Breeze Off the Pond. Yes. Right. That's your favorite. Also, yes. obviously, obviously Pharrell and, and Chad. Yes. Um, yes. This song has grown on me. Ah. I still don't love all of it, but this is a, this is probably in the sec, like to me, there's higher, higher. And then there's, and then there's like this other tier of like, uh, tracks on here. Like midnight summer jam is like the top of that. But then like, I don't know. Breeze off the pond is fine. It's a good album track to me. Yeah. I won't, I won't, I won't, um, I won't just, I won't disagree with that. Um, but this is your favorite off the album, right? Far and away. Now, why is that? Like, so um, does this just, is this just feel like the classic, like Pharrell and Justin combo you're looking for? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. I would say so. It just, this reeks of just classic Justin and Pharrell, 100%. So I, uh, I, en- I enjoy it very much. Um, I don't like the, I think it's the bridge that I don't like. Yeah. The bridge, the hook is so good, but the bridge is, the bridge kind of, eh. and when on the Definitive 15, they've got, Two of the Neptunes records that are on my list have two of my favorite Neptunes bridges ever. Mm. And so when I when I think of a Justin Neptunes bridge, the, again, there's a standard with that. And so this was kind of eh, and I think that throws the song off. But I still love this record. This record is super dope. And then we finish off the run of Neptunes records on here with Living Off the Land, which I almost can't believe is a Neptunes record. Um but I kind of like this beat. What I don't like about this song is the rest of it. <laughs> um, mm. Again, this is like real American Justin Timberlake, 100%. Um, I think the pre-hook is, I think the, whatever, the, if, if you want to call it a pre-hook or the lead up to the chorus or whatever, like it's awful. The like, <laughs> I'm like, no, no. And the hook is also, no, no not a fan like it's just it is i mean like living off the land and hard stuff like this little combo right here come about as close to maga timberlake as you can imagine it's like it's just this like i don't know and i know that there's gonna be like i I know he's from memphis tennessee he's from the south like i I get i get all that but like memphis tennessee is not like that like it's not like west virginia he's not living in the mountains in tennessee you know what i mean like he's from memphis that's a city (laughs) you know he might maybe he is now but like i don't know it's such a weird, like the same guy who, you know, made can't stop the feeling is sitting out here singing about, you know, living off the land. I, I don't, anyway, I don't get it. Don't get it. Um, so yeah, uh, we finish off this album. Uh, we have the hard stuff, uh, produced by Rob Knox, uh, co-written by uh, Chris Stapleton. Um, I mean, this is just country pop, right? This is a straight yeah. up country record. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I don't listen to country. This is not for me. I think he'd be stupid to not push this to country radio. Exactly. And if that's the move he wants to make, good for him. That's fine. But like, I, I don't need to hear this song. I don't listen. I don't like country. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. And then we close out with uh with the last uh Timbo and uh and and JT record, Young Man. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with Lil Bruh. <laughs> so. So he's singing to his his son on this song, right? Singing about how like this kid's mom is is so hot and so attractive that Justin might have to go and make his son a sister. <laughs> this is not a good song. I'm not a fan of the song. But look, he wants to make a song song a song to his son. That's cool. I'm not going to knock it. I understand why it's uh why it's at the end. Um, I, I will point out um, the song is 
co-produced by J-Rock, who co-produced everything on 2020. And I was wrong. This song is also co-written by Fontelroy, who also co-wrote mm. 2020, which mm. makes me feel like maybe this one's been in the cooker for a while. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they just, uh, maybe they brought in Fontelroy for two sessions, but you know, we'll see. Um, but no, Young Man is, mm, it's fine. How do you feel about it? No, I'm, I'm good. Okay. Um, so overall, we've been pretty hard on this album. Yeah. Is this his worst album? Yeah, definitely. Do you remember? No, you, know, you know what? You know what? Yeah, he was gonna say we, it's better than the second disc, of 2020. I was trying to. Th- so I'm looking at that track list right now. TKO wasn't bad. C- Cabaret's the only song on that album that I like. Cabaret's not bad. Um, he really tried with Take Back the Night, but no. I like Take Back the Night, but then I didn't know that Take Back the Night was about something else. <laughs> <laughs> And that and you showing that to me kind of ruined it. Take back the night. Oh, I forgot Jay has a record on here. Mm-hmm. What was it called? Like uh, murder. I thought it was like devil or something like that. Okay, murder. Yep. Um, but yeah, I you know what the amazing I know to me the amazing thing about the 2020 experience part two is like how uninsp how like boring it is. Part two. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'll give Justin credit. I don't think Man of the Woods is boring, right? And I think. There are songs in here that are way that are definitely better than anything on 2020 part two, but there are songs in here that are worse. Yeah. So I think it really depends on what do you value out of an album, right? Do you value consistency or do you value like whatever it takes to get the good songs? But this is at the, this is to the bottom of his discography. Correct. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it's not as bad as 2020 second disc, but it's nowhere near as good as his first three projects. Okay. Uh, how do you think, so uh, have you been surprised by people's reception to this album? No. Um, do you think it'll, I, I, I joke, I, I sort of half, it was sort of a joke, sort of not a joke. I, I tweeted that, oh, here comes the, actually, Men of the Woods is better than you think takes. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised, like depending on how like some of these singles get released, like I could actually sing this album having a fair, like a, a longer life than you might expect. I think, I yeah, think I could, that, I could, I could see, see him one really of these working singles. On. Yep. Yeah, I could see him really working singles. Yep. Yeah. I think Say Something will have a little bit of life. I think Hard Stuff can go right to uh, right to country radio. He'll be fine. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think some of these records will be will be like sneaky hits. Mm. Like, I don't think he's going to be like the, the face of these records. Like, I don't think we're going to see Justin a lot because of what I talked about last week with him being a, a reluctant pop star or him just, you know, preferring to kind of play the back now and let the young guys get it. But he's definitely going to attach this to some movies or something and it'll just linger and be out. And I wouldn't be surprised if this album uh, gets nominated for some Grammys next year. Really? And we're like, wait, when did this come out? You think so? I wouldn't be surprised if, like, if I saw a Justin, if I saw a Justin Timberlake album or not album, sorry, Justin Timberlake song get nominated for a Grammy next year, particularly, particularly a country one. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, say something. Say something will get nominated. That's my prediction. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, not one bit. Anything else you want to say about this album? Nope, I'm good. We hope you enjoyed side A of this week's episode. Please check out side B at clockradiospeakers.com.